maybe recharging, inspiring, and fatty. Like I felt like I felt like I had a lot of really great southern food along the way. Hey there and welcome to Grit True Stories That Matter. Grit is a weekly podcast about stories. The contemporary personal narrative kind of story and the people that craft and tell them. Now some weeks, a storyteller will join me here and tell one of their stories and we'll break it down together. Other weeks, we feature stories from our myriad events. Sometimes we have conversations with stellar tellers about the art and craft of the personal narrative story. Why, you ask? Well, we want to feature these tellers and their stories, but also to help you, our listeners, craft and tell better, more engaging, more relatable, and more memorable stories. True stories. Personal stories. Grit stories. We're a couple months in to season number three. Today, I am joined by Aditya Surendran, also known as Adi. He's from New Jersey. He came down this past weekend, as did a handful of other storytellers, to join me on the great main stage, and it was an absolute blast. So Addy and I thought, let's talk, and we did just that in the car on the way to the airport, and Addy and I talk about a few things. The mundane, the magical, and the minutiae. And then I gave him a hug, and he left. And now he's back in New Jersey. He also recently wrote a book. It's called Cheese Dosa. It's 23 short and delightful stories. I suggest you purchase a copy. I will put a link to that in the show notes. Now, before we dive in, as always, check the show notes for upcoming events and workshops, though we have taken a break from them in the last few months. And if you are on Apple Podcasts, please rate this podcast, review this podcast. It really helps people find it. And we need a little help. Okay, without further ado, Mr. Adi, let's dive in. We're on a podcast. It's you know what we are, Adi? Adi, Adi, Cheesy grits. Adi and I are just two storytellers in yeah. a car. It's a Nissan. Getting... We got coffee already, so we can't say getting coffee. Right, right, that right. would be totally stealing. That's right. We're, get, we're getting airplanes. We're getting airplanes in a car, two guys, and we had a really nice event last night. And Adi and a few others came down from their respective home states, and we had a great show, great weekend, fun. And now we have a question we might want to ponder here. We're pondering. Or what do you want to ponder about, Adi? I would love to ponder... 22 minutes to the airport. That's the extent of this it conversation. Can't, it can't be longer. Nope. Adi's going to take his phone. But it might be shorter. Adi's going to take his fancy phone onto his fancy airplane. Sean's going to go home alone, as he always does. And that conversation will be over. <laughs> well, why don't we start with a, like a, a pretty basic one, which for me is the, the topic of can you take something that is an objectively boring plot line? Mm. For example, my dad and me went fishing, and yep. we didn't catch any fish. Right. And are there ways, either through... Processes or construct. What's the word you use? Skills. No. Root- Components. I don't Components. know. I don't know what the word is. Uh, yeah, but basically, are there some basically like interesting techniques or sure. uh, that you can use to make those things interesting? 
Right. And then maybe as extra credit, is that a trick? And if it's a trick, is it worth uh, is it worth telling those stories in the first place? Well, here's my answer. A couple things. Then we'll just riff. One, sure. most of what happens in our life is boring. So I would love it. I think it's a great idea to try because you have more material. That's right. If you're obviously dependent or on the major things, however you're defining them, you have no doubt fewer things to talk about. But the other thing I want to share, and then I want to hear your thoughts, sure. is we get into what is a story, and the story really is not the fishing. Mm. That's the event. That's the uh, experience. That's the incident. I'm using them synonymously. Mm-hmm. That's not the story. And you can find, perhaps, the story, which then makes it, I think, maybe not boring. So, for example, you went fishing with your dad and you didn't catch any fish. Boring. But if the story develops as you're not catching fish and you realize that, for example, and I'm going to be a little cheesy here, well, I don't really brand. care that I didn't catch fish, but, man, it was really good to spend time with my dad. That's a beautiful, potentially beautiful story. And um, there you go. That's my take on it. So yes, is that a technique? Maybe that's more of a way to think about it. Yeah, fair? I think that's fair. Uh, I've, unfortunately, I agree with you. So that doesn't oh, that man. doesn't make for great radio. There's no tension here at all. So in the interest of tension, I'll just do a bit of devil's advocate. Yes. Right? So because I quite frankly have a story about me and my dad not catching fish, uh, and it's the first chapter in Cheese Dosa, right? So, but I think uh, what if uh, in this pursuit of sort of boring stories and finding meaning in them, etc. Uh, some of it is an attempt to try to invent a bit more meaning or perhaps make yourself feel a little bit like, oh, really great things are happening and therefore you're not going after the hard things or the difficult things. You're not dealing with the real conflicts in your life or not pursuing uh, a really difficult thing because you're so busy romanticizing perhaps uh, objectively boring plot lines. So mm. the plot line is boring. I admit, you're right, that is a boring plot line. And I do think, in that case, what you discovered was that you really got to hang out with your dad. Maybe there's a gap there. So in that example, I don't think it applies as much. But what if instead, in all of these I-didn't-go-fishing types of stories, you don't deal with a much bigger issue in your life or you're not expressing that issue in some way? It's almost like you're hiding behind Sure. Yours. Then I think you're also asking a question, it sounds like, of like, why are you telling the story in the first place? Yeah. Like, why are you putting the story together, whether that's a laborious process or not? And yep. who are you telling it to and why? There's no problem. You don't need to, I don't think, tell a story only to enlighten or inspire. Like, it can stand alone as just a thing that might be somewhat entertaining or whatever, right? Yep. But you're still making choices of what to share and what not to share. And most of the things that you go through in your life just because it's a math thing and a time thing, you'll never really talk about in this way. So you're always choosing, what is it that I want to talk about? Yep. And um, when you think about who the audience is and why you're telling the story, that will dictate. But that didn't answer your question. Right? So the idea of telling, talking about the more mundane things might be uh, you're hiding, right? Potentially. Potentially. Remember, I'm being devil's advocate. Sure. Yeah. So the question is then, it's in, there's an implication there or a suggestion that we should, in quotes, only be telling the stories that perhaps have more weight. And if you don't, 
I wish we could have caught that on the podcast. This is great production value. I hope we can be heard, by the way. Oh, yeah, um, I'm sure. That they don't matter as much because the stuff that you're not hiding from should be the thing you're talking about. And I would say, not necessarily. I, I don't know if that answers the question. Like, no. Maybe you're in a certain mood and you just want to be a little lighter. And yes, you have this these big things going on and you're contemplating it a, d- a divorce, you have a health scare, or you just got fired, or you just won the lottery, or something not quite as extreme, but instead you want to talk about going fishing? Sure. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Where do we go with that from there? No, I think that's a nice little segment there. I have a question about, um, so you have a lot of uh, techniques or tools in your toolkit, simply having taught this, having sat under the tree of other storytellers and learned from them as well. Right. Um, Something I've, this is an actual question, something, and not just for a podcast necessarily, but a question I've genuinely struggled with is this feeling of wanting to feel like when I'm crafting the story or when I'm telling the story, I want to feel and I want the audience to feel to some degree like there's some magic happening. And I know that that's a weird and vague statement. Magic. Magic. Yeah. So as opposed to uh, I go up and I start my first sentence by what the stakes are, and then I proceed to talk about how the stakes are going to be applying to this, and then I do this, and then here's the conflict, and then here's the moral that you were probably already expecting right and we all became friends or sworn enemies and you end the story there's a certain mechanicalness that can happen there yeah. uh, and I think that mechanicalness won't happen with a new storyteller who's just trying stuff out yeah and when a new storyteller is just trying stuff out and let's say it works there's almost that feeling of oh some magic just happened and I find it huh. a little addictive and I know that Every type of magic, right? A, mag- a magician, for example, is certainly trying to create that feeling in the audience, but there's nothing magical, at least as far as I know, about what the magician's actually doing to himself. He knows precisely that the rabbit was actually hiding underneath this right. trap compartment in the hat the entire time. So is there, I guess, the, the question to kind of at least help focus this uh, little rant is... Is there room for something like magic, or is that sort of a fake thing that is great for your audience to feel like they don't know how you did it or what was really going on here, that we should just be mostly pursuing these mechanical tools to try to tell our story? I will say first, I don't know. I love the question. I think I get the question. And the first thing that popped into my head was, even when you feel like it's magical and maybe even somewhat formless, there's a form. Mm. And if you spend enough time, you can see patterns in those forms. But that doesn't mean, oh, that means you start with stakes and then you show conflict and then you resolve the conflict and then you have some resolution. Mm-hmm. That's one very straightforward way to do it. But like any great art, and maybe with the exception of like certain fine art, which I know nothing about, mm-hmm. there's a form. So I think when you get caught up in the formulas, you're either not understanding, this is not you per se, what that means, or you're having a rather myopic view of what that means. I think there's a lot of beauty and artistry and maybe even magic that can happen within the form. And for most human beings, when it's formless, the structure or the space isn't there for the magic to come out. Mm -hmm. 
that makes sense. It does. But that's a, that's very broad and sort of vague. And it's one of those things where it's like, I, I kind of know it when I see it or hear it, but I can't yeah. do much more to explain it. Let me ask you in a, in a different way. I feel like from not a creator standpoint, but from a consumer of uh, media standpoint, I feel like the more and more I go down a rabbit hole of learning more and more techniques, yeah. processes, etc., the less when I watch a movie, I've basically become hypercritical and it, it has become harder and harder to enjoy. Right. I mean, basically every Marvel movie now is awful. Because you know done. exactly what's going to happen. They're knowing exactly what's going to happen. Uh, these characters aren't well-rounded. They're not interesting. I They don't actually have anything they're driving towards in any meaningful way. They're certainly uh, more perfect than, you know, a beautiful snowfall and whatnot. And so sure. maybe it's just also a factor of me being older in general, but... Uh, I know as a kid, if I were to watch any of those, there would have felt there would have been something akin to feeling like I was watching a magic show when watching those things. Yeah. Um, and right. now that's that's so when you, gone because of yeah. knowledge. Okay. So when you spend time with something and you're learning it uh, by any however that's happening, yeah. the lens that you're looking at that thing changes, and it's yeah. hard to undo that. I don't know. That's really good. Yeah, I... I the bar has gone up, yep. which maybe that's just... Maybe that is what it is. That's the burden of yes. knowing stuff, and that's okay, right. too. Uh, but I, yeah. it means that there are less <laughs> gleeful and magical moments in the movie theater. Obviously, we're in a pandemic, so I guess in on my couch, there but are less... One of the things I think it's important to do when you're in a group of people, however large, like, like when you're talking about this stuff and maybe putting stories together is to have moments where you say, no, let's just do the opposite. Let's try to think, let's not do that. Yeah. Your impulse there was to do something that most people would say, no, that's not gonna work. No, try it. Yeah. Go for it. Addy, yesterday, you sang a song. Right. Part of a song. Most people would be like, that doesn't really belong in storytelling. But you're like, no, it just feels right. Whatever, however you came to that decision, and then you did it, I would have not said to do it, right? Right. Not my thing. It's good. I mean, particularly with respect, in addition to how it's sort of connected to the larger picture of the show, that's an example of, no, I'm going to push back a little bit. Mm -hmm. It feels right. I'm going to play with this form a little bit. See what happens. If you get, if you never do that or you don't have people in your life to say, no, just, just play. Just, just, just play. There was a guy that came to Friday's swap, swap shop. If you're listening to this, you know what it probably is. He did this thing. It was like this two-minute slice of life. It was really different. And he was trying things. And it didn't necessarily work, but it might. And he's on the way. And I don't think it would have benefited him for me or others to say the standard feedback that he was or wasn't doing in order for it to be a story that passes some somewhat arbitrary litmus test. Though I would argue that test is often, you know, does make people better at this. No, but you're going in this direction and go. Like, it, I, I, I can't tell you more without telling you the story, which I don't recall. Instead of shutting that down, let's actually try to do it more and then see what happens. Is that, I'm all over the place, right? No, not at all. Just let's go more. Yeah. And then look, if you're in a thing where you're trying to get on a show that's curated or something that people, a lot of people don't like, which is a competition, you might get feedback that says, it's a really interesting story, fair or not it probably won't win or fair or not the producers might not pick you 
So just know that, that those are like, you have to know your, if it's just for the story and you want, that's it, you're done, great. Yeah. But if you want it to be accepted or you want to win, well then that's a different, uh, a different thing. Paradigm. Yeah. Paradigm. You can't, you probably can't have it all. Right. I think, um, what this is helping me, because I didn't know what I meant by magic either. I was kind of crossing my fingers, hoping you'd pick up what I was throwing down as well. Is it's almost like there can be elements of storytelling that once you have your idea, there's an element of like, oh, I'm putting on my button shirt and I'm going to work. I'm using these skills I've learned and within the next three or four hours, I will have something that is closer to the end of the story, etc. Right. But then there's also the element of, okay, I'm now no longer a uh, collared shirt wearing worker as I'm writing the story, but I'm literally a kid in a sandbox who's just taking this bucket and using it as a hat instead of a bucket and doing things that you're not supposed to be doing and kind of having that element of play in there as well. And maybe that's what I meant by magic to some Yeah. Here's another sort of angle on this is if you can pull off doing things you're not supposed to be doing, whether we decide ultimately you actually are following a form or not, you're at a high level. It's not an, probably not an accident. There might be a few exceptions out there. You see a great comic do things that you're, quote, not supposed to do and they do it. That's probably a sign that they're really good at this, I think. And that all the things you would then tell them because they're supposed to do it differently and write, they probably already have a somewhat of an understanding. Yeah. Maybe. Can you back into it, get a little lucky, and blow people away? Sure. Yeah. Sure. You can. I don't think most people can, but it's doable. And I think that relentless pursuit of uh, doing stuff that feels uncomfortable or different to yourself, regardless of how other people are perceiving it, seems like uh, at least how I and I think maybe you kind of want to keep pushing our own envelope, essentially. Last question, as we're at, we're literally at the end. Two guys, in a, two storytellers in a car, drinking airport. Two, two guys, two car... One car chasing airplanes with two comedians. Without coffee. Who watch YouTube. How there, we're making a left here and going into the airport now and I'm just gonna go home to New Jersey where he lives because that's why we say home. Uh, we talked a little bit about boring stories and then we talked a little bit about magical things. Last question for you because I often ask people about their process. Oh boy. Some people don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> or it changes or it just depends. Now, you're not only a storyteller, but you've done some other things, including stand-up comedy. You recently wrote a book of short stories that are really funny and heartfelt. So, sort of, somebody's listening to this, and let's just say they're new specifically to storytelling. Yeah. Can you share with us, with the listener, a process that you go through that sort of gets the ball rolling for you? Yeah. Is that possible, or is it just all over the place? Uh, For me, I think it's very difficult to um, get past a uh, novice level without figuring out what your own process is. I don't think there's one process for everyone. But what's worked for me is uh, not rushing the creative portion of the storytelling Mm -hmm. and letting those innovative or spark moments of, oh, that might be a really good story. As soon as that happens just put it in a notepad yeah and what's great about that is when now you do decide to sit down and you know you've 
you could be doing anything, but after you've finished work, you've come home and you've decided, I'm going to be telling stories, that's a big action you're taking. You could be hanging out with your kids, you could be going off to a sporting event, you could be drinking at a bar, watching a football game, but you've chosen to do this thing instead, and in your example, these are new people I'm talking to who are new to storytelling, which means you're doing stuff that you're not even good at yet. So, one, you should be very proud of the fact that you're doing that, but two, you should maybe... You should also be realizing that um, having that be a productive use of your time is a really important thing, especially if you have a lot of other things going on. Mm. And so, if there's a notepad that already has your sparks of brilliance, which could happen on an airplane ride, which could happen while you're on a train, in a car, on the toilet, on the toilet, in, in the shower, elsewhere, if you know what I mean, wink, wink. Bring your phone to the but, but. <laughs> but, but bring your phone to the toilet uh, and just make sure that any time that happens you're just writing three or four words like yeah. this fish thing my dad and I didn't catch any fish just throw that in there so that when it is time for you to start working on your story and actually writing it out or thinking it out whatever your process is there's no fear or concern or time being wasted on trying to be creative in that moment mm. That the well I mean you can still be creative with the form and the structures and all of that but you don't have to sit around thinking, what story should I... I wonder if I have any stories in my head that I can now figure out what that is. That's a lot of time wasted, and it's being rushed at that point. And you're rushing the most creative part of the process, which can only be really dangerous. Mm. If instead you were rushing things like word choice or, oh, maybe I need to change the words around these stakes a little bit later, then go ahead and rush away. But at least that heart, the beating heart of oh, my idea in the first place, at least that's not being rushed. And that, right. that for me, has worked in when, you know, there's been a number of priorities to be juggling at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it's a great feeling, personally, to know that, you know, this book had 23 chapters. The next one, uh, for reasons involving my geeky Michael Jordan fandom when I was a kid, will probably have 23 chapters as well in the next ah. one. Uh, <laughs> that there's already... Tw- uh, there's more than 23 stories sitting in my notepad. So the, the idea that... I know I can do it, I just have to now do it, is very uh, calming for me mm-hmm. uh, when thinking about doing something. It was already crazy enough to write one book in my mind, but then one story by one being knocked down and written while I wasn't hoping that I had the material, the material's there. I just have to actually write it now. Is a great way in my mind of having a process and, uh, and organizing that in my head where I know that I can do it. It's just a matter of when, not if, I'll come up with a great idea or something like that. Last question as we pull up to the departure section, departure gate. Completely loaded question. <laughs> three words and only three words to describe your weekend, this experience, the show last night, or whatever else around the grit. Oh, I'm maybe recharging, inspiring, and fatty. Like, I felt like, I felt like I... Had a lot of really great southern food along the way as well. Oh, that's fucking awesome. Where are you? What what gate are you at? I think uh, probably this United one should work, right? They're all. This is all one building. I right? think you can get anywhere. Cool. Done. All right. Boom. Comedians, we gotta go chase those planes now. As always, thanks so much for listening and all of your support and special thanks to Aditya Surendran for coming down to North Carolina, hanging out with me, telling his story on the Grit main stage, and also a special thanks to the other storytellers who joined us here 
This past weekend, Shweta Bhatt, Andrew Shelfo, and Rana Levy. It was a great weekend, and I'm looking forward to having more events like this last one. And Adi, I'm glad you made it back to Jersey okay. Check the show notes for upcoming events and or workshops. And hey, if you could take a moment and rate and review this podcast, if you listen on Apple, I'd appreciate that. That's all for episode number 52. Wait for it. Boom.